will never remain free if they are not willing, if need be, to fight for their vital interests. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Praise Yahweh and pass the ammunition. The Restoration Hour with Pastor Eli James. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Pastor Eli James here. This is the Restoration Hour on EurofolkRadio.com. December 18th, 2021, only uh, six or seven shopping days before Christmas. Uh, run down those aisles and get your Christmas presents and act like a crazy fool. That's what Christmas is all about, isn't it, Barbara? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. They've kind of taken the true meaning out of it. You know, it should be a time yeah. of joy. I want this to be a time of joy for us, even though we're carrying... Uh, we're talking about intensive subjects, but right. we can make it a little bit happy too. Oh sure, but you know, I come to think of it, because I really don't go well. Uh, my my family and I, uh, for years, we have not bothered to purchase each other Christmas presents, and because mm-hmm. the, the the stack of unused presents gets higher and higher in the basement, <laughs> <laughs> right? And I can only stand right. so many th- pairs of thermal stocks. Etc. Etc. <laughs> so uh, we decided we're only going to buy Christmas presents for the kids, you know, for the kids who can appreciate mm-hmm. it, and uh, you know, and then that will deprive the corporations of their much-needed income to control us with, right? So it's a matter of Christmas yes. war. It's a Christmas war, folks. So anyway, I mean, do, the do, commercial- you, know, do you know? Let me say one thing. Do you know? I worked at the number one trucking company, Roadway Express, at least in 1991. Do you know that? Because all the goods are transported by trucks, right? Just about, yeah. Do you know that from April, April till December is nothing but Christmas goods? Really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're stocking up for Christmas, huh? Mm-hmm. They've, they've taken the white out of Christmas, oh, and they've sure. taken the Christ out of Christmas. Amen. And they made it everybody in the world's holiday to laugh at us. But Well, yeah. you know, it's interesting. I was just getting ready to say that uh, I can't remember the last time I went Christmas shopping, but vaguely remember. And even mm-hmm. then, which had to be maybe 10 years ago, maybe even more, there wasn't anything religious you know, uh, about it. You know, you go to a store. There, there, I mean, I, you could go to pla- a Catholic church and buy a plastic Jesus, right? <laughs> but yeah, they didn't even right, have stuff right. like that. Oh, maybe the, uh, the the crash, you know, the, the manger scene. Uh, outside did, of that. Did you, know that did, did you know that at the White House, um, I guess the Jews are, are masters, uh, oh, yeah. demanded that the, the uh, nativity scene be taken down. That right. was an evil, Je- little baby Jesus is evil, even when he's a baby. Yeah. But in contrast, right over there was a 30-foot menorah. Right. It's a crane they had to get it up. What do you think of that? <laughs> right. I, yeah, that's that's Christmas spirit, Barbara. <laughs> right? Oh, and, it was a, and it was a nine-pointed menorah, which is not biblical. The, the biblical menorah oh. has seven. 
not nine. Okay. Oh, does and, it really? Yeah, yeah. And the Jews well, did the good same to thing. Know. I'm glad you the, told me that. That's yeah, interesting. The Jews did the same thing with our Supreme Court. It was originally seven Supreme Court justices, but under the Jew Delano Roosevelt, uh, he increased it mm-hmm. to nine. You know, so he ha- had two more commies to work with. Yeah. Okay. That, that's how. Well, Jews work with numbers. Out. They work with numbers. Oh, absolutely. Six million. It's they 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 think they and they not only think but they do control us like animals with one number, one word, like Nazi yeah. or six million right. or yeah. you know the number nine or six 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 yeah. or whatever. Terrorist. <laughs> oh, yeah. terrorist. Supremacist. Hate. Right. Hater. Hate. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that, that actually uh, brings me to uh, today's subject. We're going to be talking about yeah. Bernie Davids, George Lincoln Rockwell, uh, Ernst Zindel, and his wife Ingrid. And uh, yesterday uh, I talked a lot about George Lincoln Rockwell and Bernie Davids and the hate bus. The hate bus. Yeah. Of course, it was a joke. You know, they really don't hate it anybody. It was a joke. That's yeah. what people don't get. Mm-hmm. Even when he named the word American Nazi, he did that intentionally. Because, sure. see, it was the National Socialist Party in 1959, and then everybody was calling him a hater, a hater, like they do to me today, sure. women. Yeah. You, 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 you have to stop being a hater, Barbara. The hatred is in them. It's in their <laughs> well, eyes. Of course it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm fighting for them and risking my life for them and their little babies and children and, and yeah. stuff. And so he got mad. I have that in my, my I, I typed up some, because I'll read this at first because I want to get to other things. But uh-huh. I, I put that in there that uh, George Lincoln Rockwell, he got fed up with this. And that's when he came up with the hate bus. And then the hate nanny. He wrote a song, the hate <laughs> nanny. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, now, it, it, exactly. Here's. Brother, now this is autobiographically speaking in South Chicago. Brother Bert the Polak was the oldest of the twelve of us, and he was sick and tired of the dumb Polak jokes. As I have in my book, I have the name of the person that made the German name Nazi. I have I, all I can find is that the Jews named us dumb Polaks in eighteen ninety, right. which is still sticking until right. today. And so, my brother, uh, as I compared <sighs> to George Lincoln Rockwell. Okay. My brother, Bert the Polak, I think he, he was the oldest, and he called him the king. And um, he, I think he was sick and tired of hearing the jokes, and but he didn't know how to react. And he thought, okay, I'm going to have business cards made up, and I'm going to put Bert the Polak on there. Okay. And then, and then I'm going to, yeah, when they tell me a dumb Polak joke and expect me yeah. to, I would right. never call Germans like that, ever. Yeah. If I use, and I, I do have to qualify this, if I use the term Nazi, I, I have the greatest affection for Germans. My three brothers are married mm-hmm. to German women, and I have German grandchildren and stuff. And we're Polish. You yeah. Know, like your wife. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah, I, I can get started if you want. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, okay. the, well, yeah, well, go ahead. Uh, if you have a prepared statement, go ahead with it. Yeah. I do. Well, but, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, it's, it's a couple. It's going to uh, go into the topics here. I first wanted to say hello and Merry Christmas to you all. I wish you all Yahweh's joy and prosperity, and for us, this show will be a white Christmas gift to you. J.B. Phillips asked, if you summed up Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in two words, what would they be? Any guesses? Type it in the chat. I'll wait a, a minute or a second. Uh, I, I will say, uh, I will say uh, he hated the scribes and Pharisees. Or did you say <laughs> Did you say it has to be two words or less? <laughs> two, two words or less. Yeah. Two words or less. One thing I, I, I found this week in the Bible, 
it was when when uh, uh, Pilate was uh, talking to Jesus, and Pilate thought he was innocent. And Pilate says, "Are you a Jew?" And he goes, "What? Me a Jew?" And the Dumbelow version says, "It was like, are you kidding?" And yeah. he says he's white. He's not a Jew in the Dumbelow Bible. I thought that was interesting. Really? What's the Dumbelow Bible? No, are... yeah, yeah, I, I've got it. I can send it to you. Okay. Oh, okay. Although Jesus also said, because I want to talk about Jesus too. This is Christmas. We don't want yeah. to fall into a Jewish trap and not have Jesus mentioned oh, and uh... Mary. Although Jesus also said to his disciples, they'd always be in trouble, but they'd always be happy. We are happy. In 1928, after Jews stole the movie machine, they set up a studio next door and declared they would create for us the American dream. However, that's now their hypnotic nightmare. However, folks, you and I are awake and that's our Christmas miracle. Amen. In World yeah. War II, the, the, the English and Germans made a 24-hour truce on Christmas Day. They so-called fought, they, they fought over my ancestral Poland. But after the war, the Allies, who worked with the Jewish communists, forced my kin to live under an iron curtain. Tonight, we represent, this. that's you and Paul English and Andrew and me, we represent England, where Eurofolk originates. That's England. Pastor Eli is German-American, and I'm Polish-American. We have changed history and declared an English-German-Polish-American peace treaty or truce. International nationalism. International yes. nationalism. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. For the first time in, in since 1945, uh, the song, the English... And Germans sang during this truce. Did you know about that in oh, yeah. during the war? Yeah, yeah. Snoopy, okay, all right. Yeah. The Snoopy's Christmas is called. Uh, well, that song honored Yahweh, white baby Jesus, and Mother Mary. It was Silent Night, written by an Austrian priest of the same nationality as Hitler and my daddy. And then I put, see the YouTube that reads this specific one, Snoopy's Christmas Animation. Uh, you can also see it on my 11-year uh, old blog, ArthurBarbie.com. My, my original one was shut down, but by a miracle, it was resurrected. Okay. Also, read and watch uh, my yesterday's blog, which was entitled Weird Al, Christmas at Ground Zero. His parody is one of the tributes in my costume karaoke. Do you know who Weird Al is, and do you like yeah. him? Weird Al Yankovich, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. great yeah, satirist. Yeah, I like yeah. him with his accordion, and, and, the, and the thing is, he, um, he puts up like like uh, it's called uh, Christmas at Ground Zero. He makes fun of it of everybody of the nuclear weapon, nuclear war threat. Remember when we had to go under the, right. the desks and everything, and the sirens and everything. Now the uh, the thing is that we went through all that, like as as if there's going to be uh, an annihilation of our country. But Dresden, Germany, did face that, and so did Nagasaki and um, and Hiroshima. That's what, right. what you see in that in that, uh, anyways. From my autobiography, I looked up the microfilm for the Little Orphan Annie cartoon for the day I was born on August 21st. Oh, you are. I won't give the Pastor Eli, I won't give the year since we're immortal. And I don't metaphysically think of age. I'll read it, and it's about Uh Joe Christmas's newspaper. And uh, let's see, it's over. Let's see. It's okay, this is Little Orphan I, Annie, I, I, here it, here it which was a, a yeah, newspaper 1940- serialized cartoon strip. 
Because yeah. a lot of people listening here, don't know what that, what that is. Because <laughs> newspapers yeah, yeah. barely exist anymore. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it, was, it was wise. Yeah, it's Little Orphan Annie cartoon. Uh, I, I think it was in the Chicago Sun. And so the editor of a paper says to Annie, he goes, where did you get this paper from, Annie? And she goes, little Annie goes, oh, it's the week's issue of Joe Christmas's paper, Christmas Day. Hmm. Man sounds like a communist, <laughs> a fascist. Now, listen to this. In 47, they're both enemies. Now they're both. Okay. So they got the communist now as an enemy, which is two years ago we were working with them. Jews have to have us hate one another. It really. Right. Uh, yeah. Or a fascist or something. The things he says about our town mayor and especially about Jerry Gauze, why, why this is libel. And little orphan Annie says, is it libel if it's true? <laughs> right. Is the Holocaust revisionist libel if it's true? Is your radio show libel or my book libel if it's true? And, and if, if it's the case, they have to, they have to find the truth. And then he, he responds, but Annie, true or not, why does this Joe Christmas have to stir up everybody? Why can't he let just let sleeping dogs lie? Well, folks, we're stirring up things today. So, all right. Yeah, now, another that's our thing job. I have here, <laughs> and what do you do for a living? Yeah, I, stir yeah. th- I stir the, the world population up, right? Uh, yeah. And then a- I got in my es- hand. Ethnic we're going to talk about the next. <laughs> Huh? Ethnic We're going to stew. talk about the yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. We're going to talk about the uh, National Socialists, or but again, he he named it Rockwell named it uh, the Nazi Party. I mean, American Nazi Party because right. he wanted to be in his, in your face. So what I have here, he also started the White People's Party, and in my hand, I have a copy of my when the, I was a member of the White People's Party in uh, 2006, the end of 2006. And um, it's, it's addressed to me. It's a postcard, and it's from the National Socialist leader, Michael O'Sullivan. And we had gone on a protest in, um, in, in uh, Las Vegas. We were protesting against 85,000 illegals, although mm. they were on a different street, okay? But I want to tell you this in regards to the people who are interested in Charlottesville and, and, that, and what happened there at that, at that uh, assembly. It wasn't even a protest. When we were standing there on Las Vegas Boulevard, the eight of us, the Jews' television was right next to me. You could see where they had that spindle growing up, and the, the narrator, the news reporter, Castor, was right there. And then across the street, they brought in seven people. There were four people protesting, and then they had an Indian there in a headdress and his wife and a little baby for everybody to feel sorry for the news. Right. But Michael said, you don't want to get on the news because they only make us look crazy. Sure. Okay. Well, after everything was done and these people were harassing us, so we'd become violent, especially right. the women. Trying you to, don't yeah. realize what's going on. And, and, um, and they wanted to get us violent. And so nobody did. Well, at the end, the guy that led this counter protest came up to me and I was kind of had a lie, an image over there, you know, it's kind of infamous over there. And he came up to me and started talking, and, and I said, what's your name? And he said what it was, and I said, you're Jewish, aren't you? <laughs> you Jews set up this counter-protest against us. This isn't even real. None of right. this is real. And you know what they did? They had SWAT team, and they had national 
uh, guard, yeah. and they had um, uh, Mayor Goodman, the Jew Mayor Goodman, that stole Las Vegas from the Italians, right? Okay. They, they, all the police and all that were colored. And I said, you mean you were surrounded all by these colored uh, people with guns and tanks and not tanks, but uh, standing over here and all that SWAT vehicles, SWAT teams and all that. You you have us surrounded with colored people, eight white people were outnumbered eight to one. This is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I've got that in my hand. I am. I was an official member. And then what happened was we went on Martin Luther King uh, on a protest against him and his plagiarism. Martin Luther used to get drunk and go to Las Vegas and rape, uh, mm-hmm. he'd get prostitutes and right. he'd rape them forcibly and beat them. And he said, I'm doing it in the name of my God. Yeah. Oh, right. no, Lucifer. Right. Devil. Right. That of is the devil. Right. Mm-hmm. So we got those two things down. So anyway, um, <laughs> all right. So recently pastor Eli lost his Polish American wife. And I'll tell you, it really took some, some, I've said this before, but it really took some kind of a woman to stay by you when the whole world rejected you. You know oh, what I mean? That's true. And, and, and yes. another woman might have either given you a hard time or whatever. And I don't know how the quality was. It doesn't matter. She stuck by you. And I thought to myself that um, I, uh, it, uh, it, I'm also, more, you're mourning her loss and I mourn the loss of my Vietnam veterans whose ancestry goes back to the Mayflower. And one of the things they taught us in the group TAPS um, for people who lost veterans tragically, it says, honor your, your loved one. Right. Mourn. Right. Name a street after him or put up a monument. And now, my husband is in a different category, and I don't want to compare the two, but you and your wife, they, you deserve like a monument for what you've been through. And, for, and plus you're holding on the Christian side, not just the white side and the and the Holocaust side, which is a hard thing to do. Uh, anyways, it's only because my husband was a victim of suicide. And I do, I will mention it right here. The first email I got said that um, Bernie Davis, uh, you don't say committed, that's wrong, was a victim of suicide. Mm-hmm. And that's all it was. That's all it said. So okay. it's not just that he died, it's that he took his life. And we don't, the one thing is I want to stress is that we must stay alive. There's yes. people like me that count on you and love you, and I need to be loved back at this Christmas time. And so no matter what else, you know, um, just hang in there, you know. But that's how I got to face these t- uh, taboo topics of both the National Socialists and the Ku Klux Klan. Um, I protested the Holocaust Museum for two days in search of truth and closure. I talked to Director Dana Carroll, and um, I said to him, we only have the Jewish side of World War II. Uh, Where are the Christian, white, Polish, the real American, or the German side? And he told me the winners wrote the war. The Jews wrote the war. Not only that, that property is on prime property, Right by the U.S. Treasury. Where else would they put a, a Holocaust uh, Lives Museum? Right around the Treasury. Yeah. And we pay for all this. We get the donation. Yeah, land, the, the money pay, goes from the Treasury right, these, right to the museum, right? <laughs> millions and millions of dollars of salaries. Uh-huh. I've gone through that thing. I'll tell you, if, if the bunch of us 
if they don't kick us out, if the bunch of us ever go to the Holocaust Museum, we got to go together because right. in our eyes, you're going to see, you're going to see a picture like from a woman's point of view, which is what I do. There's three women in a picture and they have baby buggies. And this is evil. This is what, what, what they consider evil. White women with baby buggies are evil. Did right. you ever hear of anything yeah. ridiculous like that? And Hitler, Hitler said the, uh, they, he wanted mothers and children. That's what, uh, having babies is what it's all all about. But I mean, they could be a pilot. They could be anything they wanted to be. It was they were way ahead of us as far as that kind of stuff. Anyway, now let me tell you what I know about the late Bernard F. Davis, Bernie. I had the honor to give a, a bash bash speech at Bernie's home in North Carolina on Independence Day. Mm-hmm. He was George Lincoln Rockwell's assistant. Lincoln Rockwell was an American World War II commander. Okay, so we're going to start with uh, Rockwell, and then we're going to David. Okay. We're going to, uh, but the, right. the founder was a commander in the, in the Navy. Yeah, and a lot of different battles and stuff or whatever. He was well accomplished. Okay. Uh, who, like General Patton and the men on the USS Liberty, realize the Jews were guilty and the Germans were innocent. At that time, the Germans were our smartest and most religious. 60% Lutheran, 40% Catholic. Jews know, as in the Katyn massacre, that Lazar Kaganovich, the bloody butcher, signed the death order and killed the top, top but it was the top 22,000 men. Mm-hmm. The top and of the, the Polish and army. The Germans, when they dis- yeah, yeah, when they discovered it, um, uh, they found it by accident. I don't, I don't like the accident by divine coincidence because some farmers they saw some land that was heaved up, and there were saplings growing out of it. And it, it, it looks, you know, Germans are smart. Yes, yeah, yeah. they saw it, and they oh, looked. Looks like a mass grave to happen. me. Yeah, who, right. Yeah, who would who would plant all these? Uh, saplings on this, and, and how come it's heaving? That's because the yeah. the Jews bury the white people, and there were priests too, religious. They buried them alive. If that one bullet to the brain did not kill them, they mm. were buried alive. That is the worst death on earth. Right. The worst that death you could possibly have, and that's what they. And this is what they did to the Polish people after we were their slaves for one thousand years. Right. I would have to be a, a she devil if I didn't try to stop and warn you people. Nobody would listen to me for twenty years when I kept saying the Jews took over our government, the royalty, the churches. Nobody believed it until Biden gets in, and all his top fourteen choices were Jewish. Mm-hmm. All of them, and the COVID. Yeah. The top 15 czars, all Jewish. All Jewish, yeah. Yeah. Harvard is 67% Jewish. And the PhD, 67% Jewish. And then you've got your Chinese and your Mexicans and your blacks and, you know, 190 other uh, languages. I think it's only 9% male, white male. And we have to, they have to pay full price. Right. Uh, Anyway, all right. So anyway, it says, furthermore, I've written and supported many white political prisoners over a decade ago, I discovered and wrote a comforting letter to English Simon Shepard and his friend who were in a California prison. They were seeking white asylum, but the Jews who run America only grant asylum to the 92% of the non-whites and non-Christians. Right. And they say the COVID virus is bad, right? Anyway, 
Simon wrote me back and sent me copies of his pamphlets, um, Anna Frank's Diary is a Fraud and Lincoln Rockwell's How to Get Out and Stay Out of the Insane Asylum. <laughs> I, now, and here's what I, right. I, quantif- I qualified. I don't know if this is what got I sent this information, a link to my blog that has this um, How to Stay Out of the Insane Asylum to Matt Hale's mother. And I mm-hmm. asked her to, you know, to maybe one of his people or something so that Matt can read this so he can get out of solitary confinement. I don't know if I was the one. All I know is Matt Hale got out of solitary confinement after 12 years. Yeah, living in, living crazy. Living attorney, living in a closet without the food that he wanted, took his violin away, his books, everything like a vegetable. I mean, and Mama says, Give it back to them with compounded interest. Everything right. that they've done to us has got to go back to them in compounded interest. I'm not violent. I have it in my book. I don't condone it. I, I and I don't feel it either. You know what I mean? I, I'm more or less working on problems. But um, anyways, um, so I have that booklet here in 1959. Rockwell originally called his party the National Socialist Party, but I told you he changed it deliberately to the American Nazi Party. Okay, he now hold on. Is that, is, that, is that the same as the National Socialist White People's Party? Okay, or... Uh, no, I think, yeah. Okay. Well, no, I don't think the White People's uh, they, Party was the American Nazi Party. I think that was National Socialist White People's were they two Party. Different, were they two different groups? Because, uh, you know, as you know, our Jones was with the National Socialist White People's Party. Okay. That's the one I was with. That's it. Okay, yeah. That's it. I know Art Jones. I talked yeah. to him. Yeah. He, yeah, he's right. good. Yeah. Well, yeah, you came okay. to that uh, you came to that uh, uh event we had in uh, in the suburbs of Chicago where the uh, uh the ARA threw a smoke bomb in the men's room while I was on stage, right? Remember no, that? No, really. You know, I have to just say this out loud in your defense. Yeah. Uh, it was on a Saturday and you brought some, I was uh, vacationing back downtown. And you had invited me to this. I didn't know what it was. And I'm pretty new at this stuff. And I'm a woman and I'm scared, you know, but I don't yeah. let on to anybody. And so anyways, we go in there and there was a birthday cake for uh, General Lee and uh, Adolf Hitler. Yeah, it was, it was April. April 20th. And right. I went, wow. I went, because when I went back to school after my husband's death in 2006 to college, I didn't know what to study. His last words before his suicide, there's no help for the white man. And the school was horrible. I, I, three hours I stayed in the English department talking to the head. I said, you should have given me cyanide before you poisoned my thought in that when I started here. This is filled with so much white hatred. I can't stand it. I yeah. don't know how I'm going to get out of this. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. And anyway, um, all right, so so that's when that's when I got into uh, the white. Well, I didn't know what I should study, and the two things I thought I'll study the Nazis and the KKK. Okay, and that I'm telling Good you topics. that I collapsed. Right. I yeah. literally <laughs> collapsed. I could not get. I was screaming and wailing when I was driving. I couldn't see because I thought I was possessed by a devil, mm. and the way people are treating me. That's why I really need your love because people are treating me like I'm the devil. And I've just been the opposite for sure. so long. And when I went into the uh, when I went into the library and I said, she says, what what kind of book would you like? And I went, I want one book about the Nazis and one book about the KKK. 
you know, because that's how we know them. Right. I mean, I don't know them by National Socialist. I don't. I wasn't into it then, and I didn't know them by Ku Klux Klan. And and then I, when I had to write my paper and read it in the, at the at the um, at the writer's desk, um, I literally threw my head on the floor and started crying. I couldn't do it. But one, one thing, real quick, I want to side jump. Uh, right here at Missouri State University, I got expelled. By the way, they expelled me from there. <laughs> Not from again. Ozark Technical College. <laughs> okay. Oh yes. Oh, they almost got me in Las Vegas, but yeah, I know. Right. I, I I almost got the teacher expelled, right? <laughs> but uh, when I went to the writing center here, and I had to read my paper again, a couple, only two pages for my book, and I said, "Could we go hide in the corner or something?" I mean, you thought you thought this was a top a secret movie. You know what I mean? Uh, in the whole history. And so we, we moved off to a corner and I told her about the about the rapes, how the German women were getting raped a- after World War II. And what a shame. She goes, listen, my great, I think it was my great grandmother had to hide my German grandmother under the bed when they came after the war. They were raping them in the streets. That's right. She says, I know yeah. what you're saying is true. Nonetheless, they expelled me. Anyways, yeah, where they a, me a, a, it's not libel if it's true, know, those, right? <laughs> right. Where they where they named your German people Nazis, and the uh, Jews also named my people dumb Polacks, so nobody believes us. I'd like to know who calls the Jewess a kike bitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> I refer to her in my book. In fact, in my book, I say there's at least fifteen hundred mentions of the word Jew and or Jewish. Or right. Jewish, right? Right. But I call them by that name, and I think I may just go and put kike, a uh, kike bitch, and a kike bastard, right? Because okay. I'm tight until they take that curse off of us, and they've got the media and they've got control. Yeah. That, that it's not just it's suicidal. Bernie didn't commit suicide; he was driven to it in this country, and this is the kind of stuff calling a you know calling people that are honest in everything. And, and yes. like I say, mama says give it back to them with compounded interest. What they did to us, double. Right, So if right. I call them, and I, you know, I'll tell you the truth, Pastor. You know, I really don't have it in them to call them a kike bitch <laughs> or, or a kike bastard. But yeah, I can think of better terms. <laughs> but I'll leave that alone. But here, what, uh, what Barbara's well, I, talking I about call is, it, I call yeah, go ahead. Yeah, is uh, you know, the event we had, it was the 4th of July uh, a year ago, you know, 20, uh, yeah. 20, uh, this is 2020, so it's 2020. And, of course, this is in the middle of COVID, so it was a very, very difficult event to organize because nobody was sure at this point in time whether we could even travel, right, whether some borders yeah. would be closed down. And uh, actually, we wound up ro- uh, renting a van to drive from Chicago all the way down to Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Okay. So that's where Barbara and I got to know Bernie really well. And I had already paid him a visit uh, a couple of months earlier just to scope things out, to, to see, you know, what we need to do to to because it's going to be try to be an outdoor event, but it was like 105 degrees in the shade, so we couldn't do it outside, and so we had to go inside yeah. Bernie's house to do it, and so it was it was difficult. It was very very difficult, but I could tell that. And but Bernie, a couple of months previous, had pretty much given me his life story as a. Uh, 
as a member of uh, you know, George Lincoln Rockwell's group, and plus his life as a sea captain, uh, a manning a boat that runs in and out, uh, kind of like a ferry boat that runs in and offshore to oil wells, you know, offshore oil wells. And so he made a really good living at that after, you know, after George Lincoln Rockwell died. So, and so, and, but then he gave me a copy of, of, um, Rockwell's two books, this time the world and of course, white power. Okay. So mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. really grateful for that. But, uh, what yeah. I realized then, and we'll get into this a little later, uh, uh, number one, uh, Bernie was really very despondent at the state of the white race, and uh, you know, he, he being not uh, being not a religious guy, and I don't think George Lincoln Rockwell was either. You know, he didn't have the faith in Christ that you and I do, and uh, that most mm -hmm. you know, most of us in identity do. And you know, we were we were trying to teach him identity along the way, but uh, he mm -hmm. also had uh, gotten into a really horrible argument with his next door neighbor uh because of because mm -hmm. uh, of us being there and uh his next door neighbor didn't realize he was a quote-unquote nazi you know, until we had our meeting there and this this made uh, bernie even more despondent that uh, you know all of a sudden his neighbor hates him and, and there was also something strange going on in the uh trailer across the road there was some kind of uh, black arts uh, witchcraft stuff going on there. So, he, yeah, I, I never mentioned that to you. But uh, so for all these reasons, he decided to move shortly after our event down there. Okay. But uh, he did. He did sell some of those books because that, that was one of the reasons why he wanted to host that meeting at his house is to mm -hmm. uh, unload some of this. Uh, and you can talk about it, too, at the University of Kansas. Kansas. Uh, came down, yeah, and uh, picked up some of that literature. But he had a full trailer, uh, not a full-length trailer, not a 53-footer, maybe a 40-footer, full of books mm -hmm. and documents and, and all kinds of memorabilia from his days with George Lincoln Rockwell. It was absolutely fantastic. He also had some Talmuds and you know a lot of literature about the Jews. It was really, I mean, I could have browsed in that trailer for for years. <laughs> He's had so much stuff there. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if he was able to uh, to get rid of it or whether that trailer was purchased. I don't know, maybe you, you have found some things out about that in the interim. Back to you. But it's a good question because when I call the lady at the University of Kansas, I can uh, alert them that he died, okay, and that do they want any of the rest of that because we do need homes. This is the thing. As people are passing on, this is all we've got, and we've got it. We have to be strong. We've got to work together and, and you know, bury our pride or whatever. The main thing is to solve the problem, but... Yeah, what's going to happen to the rest of his stuff? And I'll, I'll get back into that. But uh, anyways, Ber uh, Bernie Davis was the one who printed the American Nazis pamphlets and perhaps books. That's that was what he did. And he can. And on my website, if you go on authorbarbie.com, uh, the past two, you'll see a picture of uh, George Lincoln Rockwell, and I think the one with the sunglasses was uh, Bernie Davis. Okay. okay, so you'll see a picture of yeah. that. And you'll also see a link to, now, his thing. Now, he told me this. This is what he told me when I was there. Because I first listened to him for a long time. He was talking about his boats and 
and his, you know, all those, remember those little boats that he was making, you know, putting right. together and he had a collection of them. Um, yeah, he made all those, you know. So he, he, he I was interested in, in what he was saying and stuff, you know. Sure. But anyway, sure. so he, he said, he said that he donated it and he, I think 200 boxes or something. So a lot of stuff that they took. And so anyways, um, they're in the Wilcox collections. So in order to get in there, you could uh, go in under, it's the University of Kansas, um, and then it's called the Kenneth Spencer Research Library. They were interested in his letters and correspondence. Mm -hmm. So these emails that I've been sending you that are historical, that's what they want. They want a book just to back it up, you know, but anyways, it's in, I think, the Wilcox collections, and I'll, I'll read this slowly. It's Spencer dot L I B dot K U dot E D U. And you can request scan documents at 25 cents a piece. Mm-hmm. And you can, uh, for Bernie's collection, you can also email at K as in kite S R L R E F at ku.edu. Um, Bernie wasn't in the party long since the Jews uh, had Rockwell assassinated in 1967. And it's odd because he was labeled as the evil white man, right? Mm-hmm. He was, a, he was a, in other words, if there was any a symbol, that was him. And then the Jews uh, shot Martin Luther King, Martin Luther, right? To, you know, uh, the, the leader of Protestantism to take over a, pot, a Protestant country. That's not his real name. And then King, because we'll always refer to him when we think of him as a king. Our mind doesn't know, or the average mind can't tell whether someone's a, a king or it's not a king or whatever. They think of a king, and that's it. They don't, they don't go through all this other black stuff, you know? Anyway, yeah. um, uh, so anyways, now... Now, here's a secret, okay? Bernie was in love with Ukrainian Ingrid Rimland. Okay, I I thought... Ernst Zundel. Oh, okay. I thought uh, Ingrid was German. She's Ukrainian? No. She's Ukrainian. Ukrainian? She's Ukrainian. Oh, yeah. She wrote three books, and I read them, and I've seen her. Okay. She got into Germany. And, uh-huh. and that's what she was writing about. She says, here we are. She may have been German from, like, around someplace in the background, but that's okay. not what she says in her books. She considered herself a Ukrainian woman who who got into Germany during the war and was treated very nicely. Okay. That, that's how she puts it across, okay? Right. So now you've got, now, how is it that Ingrid, now this is before Ingrid died, 2017, and uh, Ernst Zundel died in uh, Germany in 2017 after serving solitary confinement. How is it, first of all, that they both died shortly, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, then, and then how is it that while he was in solitary confinement, she was going around with uh, the pro-white men? Mm-hmm. So she wrote a book on sex. In fact, when oh. she was in uh, California... She was having young students come to her home and stuff like that. So oh, okay. uh, I also read, I, I have this in here, but I also read that 
I, I was looking for something on YouTube uh, about, uh, it says black man says the Polish men are tough. And I went, because it said Polish, I looked it up. And he said, when I go to Poland, I, I'm in Poland, I'm a student, a student there, but I have a black girlfriend. If okay. I go into a Polish club and I dare look at a Polish woman, a white woman, they, the, the guys will come up and, and uh, beat me up. They'll gang up and beat me up. I wouldn't dare look at it. And that's how it should be. I don't mean being yeah. up, but that's how it must be. If sure. we're gonna keep, we can't use our white woman's vagina as a sore for devilish Jewish sperm and all the other ones. That's right. Then this black guy says he and his native friend, natives from the jungle, 70 IQ, right? Right. Go, they both go into uh, Ukraine. He said, I couldn't believe my eyes, the women, and they're blonde, and they're white. Sure. And they're very flirtatious. They know how to get a man. I, I don't chase men. I run away from them. They had to catch me <laughs> like a caveman, you know. No, it's true. But he said that he saw them, Ukrainian women, blonde, screwing in the streets of Ukraine. And the wow. men just watching, doing nothing. I mean, mm. not even sexual. They well, this was after World War II? This was after World War this II? This is recently. I think oh, the recently. last 15 oh. years. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, it's so because any, Ukraine is ru- ruled by Jews, and uh, any country ruled by yeah, Jews has no morals. But, yeah. Yep. And, and this is what I'm going to you, – you, uh, you have good timing because this is exactly what I'm going to get into. Now, let's, let's remember now that she's Ukrainian. I have nothing against her. I met her at a meeting. She invited me to her home in Pigeon Forge. Uh, she asked me to send her my manuscript yeah. and stuff like that. So it, it, she was, she's very friendly. Anyways, um, all right, but then what made me think about Ukrainians was I read about a year ago that two Jews run the Ukraine, like a president or whatever, two of them. Right. They shoved in two million Ukrainians, that's women, too, into Poland. Okay. And Poland accepted them. And now, we have, Poland has, no, your wife was Polish. Yes. Are your sons half Polish, then? No, I don't have any sons, just two daughters. Are they half Polish? Uh, well, with, with well maybe quarter Polish, one? but my wife is actually half German, half Polish. So uh, oh, they'd oh, be okay. eighth, eighth Polish, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, anyway so the two, the two top Ukrainian leaders are Jewish. Shove right. the two million Ukrainians. We, our, our birth rate is only 1.2, the lowest of 196 countries. And it's like, Why? 92% of the Jews come from my ancestral Poland from 1025 to 1945. Jews wanted to destroy any information about their criminal activities for a millennium. Right. And this is how come if you don't, if you have these people like the whites are becoming today interbreeding and, and, and all laws against us, I mean, it, it's going to be pure hell for this anyway. So, uh, all right, here's, here's, I'll start. All right. Burton Sundell marries uh, Ukrainian Ingrid Rimlin. She leaves all to her son. And she, uh, she leaves. Uh, I got involved because Ingrid's attorney, uh, Bruce Lakedy, sent me an, an email. Um, and it, it just happened really by divine coincidence. It should have never happened, but it did. And, so we, and he wanted me to write a letter. It was four months after she died to see if anybody had a, a claim in the estate. So I picked it up, and I've really been, you know that, Pastor Eli, trying to save that material, okay? Right, yep. Anyway, so, right, so now. Yeah, Bernie and I were trying to go there. We had planned a, a scheduled a visit to, to uh, visit their son, 
whose uh, first name I, I can't remember. And uh, but uh, Rudy, 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 yeah, Rudy. Okay, and he was now is Rudy the daughter, uh, the son of Ingrid and Ernst. Yes. Okay, so he's no. there. He, he no, is. yes, no. Okay, he, what's this? Whose son is, is he? He is Ukrainian from from her husband. Oh, okay. Her first, her first husband. I you know I just I just figured this out since we talked. Okay. Ingrid. And Ernst, because she married him maybe, what, I don't know, five, six years ago, or like 10 years okay. ago, whatever. But her son is 50. So mm-hmm. he, so she's Ukrainian, and her son is Ukrainian, and her son did not like Ernst, and he's married uh, to Ukrainian. That's why he was so Nick, hard to deal with. He just, yes, yeah. I, we figured it out. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> okay. her son is Ukrainian, as is the wife. This okay. is a matter of hatred against us. Germans, now, listen against to Germans this. and Poles, right? They, they, yeah. they, first of all, they had 10,000 names um, on, on their email list. They were getting in a huge amount of donations, right? right. And uh, they had a home, the, the uh, family home in Germany and family home, um, five homes in Pigeon Forge, five. Mm-hmm. And then one in Mexico, all right? And then... Right. Um, in her last power letter, she wrote that Ernst returned his wedding ring. I don't know why he did that, but she mm. he returned it to her when he got to be free again. Okay. okay? All right. Uh, I'll, I'll real quick question, Barbara. This sounds like yeah. they were fairly wealthy. And I know one of the reasons why Bernie yeah. wanted to get uh, that property was because there was uh, the equivalent of a church building on the property. Wow. And I said, uh, yeah, Bernie, I, you know, I'd love to have a church building. <laughs> right? Wow. So, so I became yeah. more interested in the property, too, because I have a, a lot of people in Tennessee. Pigeon Forge is in Tennessee, not North Carolina. And uh, we would love to have a building in uh, Pigeon Forge, right? But uh, so, and then, uh, and then I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I think Bernie's interest in all that uh, stuff was simply the documentation of the life of Ernst Zindel and uh, the trials that he went through, etc. I mean, literal trials that he went through, right, before he was shipped off to Germany. I mean, talk about being railroaded in Canada, etc., etc. Oh. You know, uh, most of our listeners know all about that, so we won't go into details. But he wanted to preserve the uh, history and the trial information of Ernst Zindel. That's what his aim was. Okay. Yes. I said, yeah, did you, yeah, did go you for know it. That, do you know that Bernie, when we were there, because we were there three days, okay? Mm-hmm. Bernie, when we were talking, and I showed an interest in his boats and everything and asked him questions, and he, I would, he could, and guess what? He went in his office, went in the cabinet, and he brought out a poem. He was in love with her. Oh, really? I, yes, he was not now, just okay. an admirer. He was in love. The poem was as if one of these English romantic poets wrote it. How much he's like to Ingrid, I love you from the bottom of my heart. I can't. <laughs> these these Ukrainian you. women have something going, I think. <laughs> I don't okay. know. Now, when was this? I what, what read was it and I went home, and he said he went there constantly. Okay. That being the case. Well, no, wait, hold on. When no, was this? When was was this when Ernst was on trial in Ernst Canada? Was in Germany. Oh, in Germany. So after after the Canadian trial, and Ernst was sent to Germany basically to die. 
right? Is this yes. what? Okay. Yes. All right. So I get the timing of of all of this. All right. So yes. and so uh, so right, so, so Bernie had more. Bernie had more interest in going. Okay, he had more, way yes. more interest in, in that property than I thought he did. I thought it was just involving. Yes. I thought it was just involving all the documentation. Okay. Yeah, you, want, you want to hear? You want to hear some more? It gets worse. Not really, but yeah, I, 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 send out, I send out that letter. I send out that letter. But go for it. I get to meet. I, I get to meet somebody call, on the phone called Joe Foster. Joe Foster tells me off like Carolyn Yeager told me off for all that. Carolyn Yeager says that Barbara and Noak she's senile if she thinks either one of them were killed. Yeah. No, do you know that Carolyn Yeager, Carolyn Yeager hated Polish people? Are you aware of yes, that? Yes, did. And yes, uh, Why yes. would she hate Polish people? I thought she was anti-Jewish, or maybe she, maybe she no. was a front. Maybe her, hers right, was just so, an act. So why, anyway, why would she want to stir up trouble between Poles and Germans? That just makes no sense. I mean, here, for I'm a supposed a white nationalist. My name, yeah. because. You know, Bruce Lakesy, the attorney, didn't want to use his name, and, and he didn't want to go to prison, and they did arrest him afterwards, mm. and he is still facing prison. For defending? So, yes, For defending Ernst. Amazing. Took, yeah. So anyways, okay. now, uh, so now Ingrid is running back and forth uh, to Mexico with, with uh, Bernie. But what Bernie doesn't know while he's professing his love is if she, he's the only one in her heart. She's got this character named Joe Foster. Joe Foster tells me off, leave the estate alone. It's mine. Oh. I've got it. I don't want oh. you in it. And he, guess what he does? He said he and her had a relationship. They were going back. And he was driving her back and forth to her Mexico hideaway getaway. How much money and, did and Ingrid they, and Ayers have to have all this property and a house in Mexico? They had to be very and, well and off. What is she doing with a man in in, in Mexico? Well, <laughs> you know, come on. That's just a she, vacation, on, Barbara. You know. <laughs> and, and I'll give you this another is, example. This is, wow. Okay? David Westerlin, and some of these people might be listening, and I'm not criticizing. I don't want trouble between you guys. Yeah. I'm just telling you what you told me. He became enamored with her. He was a regular donor. He sent me a check he mailed to her for $100. Okay. And also, she wrote him back, thank you for putting me in your will. Oh, my goodness. And so, oh, yes, he was mm. he was enamored. It, this wasn't just a $10 or something. Wow, I, I, have, I, I had no idea. In, Ingrid here. was such a hot... <laughs> Hot tomato, to use the old language, right? Nineteen-forties language, right? Right. Okay. Okay. So now, now this is this is kind of like a a love triangle, and uh, I had no idea that there was all of this romance going on behind the scenes. Oh yeah. Ah. Yeah. Forget, forget well, okay. All right. Here, well, here. For a yeah. Years. Yeah. Let's talk about the truth. Yeah. Right. Stranger than fiction. Right? It, it sure is. It sure no, is. Wait, wait more. I had no idea we we're going to go uh, into. Uh, somebody needs to. Re- you're the one to write the book about this. <laughs> so yeah. no, 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 now, no. Was this all going <laughs> on while Ayers was on trial in Canada? Uh, no, you know, no, much more recently. Much oh, more okay, recently. more I recently. After is this yeah, after he was in solitary confinement, suffering for our cause. In okay. fact, the fact he was sent there was he, the government, he had 
he came here to live with his wife, okay, and yeah, to forge. Right. Somehow he did not get the letter to go to court for his citizenship. Hmm. How come he didn't get the letter from the government? In other Good words, question. he required to go to, to Yeah, naturalization to papers, right, yeah, yeah. He, he never did. He, he did never. not get the letter. He did not go, and that's why they arrested him and sent him. Because uh, right. Did she, did oh, she well, take that's, it from him? Oh, I don't think so. Is he working that. with some kind of Ukrainian Jewish? No. Uh, right. Well, cabal? okay, all right. So, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't want to suspect Ingrid of being an agent for the Jews, uh, but uh, no. yeah, but uh, it, it, it it's very common. For, you know, well, the same thing happened to Randy Weaver. He was supposed to go to trial and they, uh, they gave him the wrong date deliberately. They gave him deliberately the wrong mm. date. So, uh, so he oh, would miss right. the real date. Okay. So this is very oh, common practice. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's why so, it's good to talk these things out into details that we can yeah. compare. All right. Now I mentioned this to David Duke at a meeting and he said, it's not Joe Foster's library. Ingrid gave it to him. They were good friends. And okay. Sam Dixon will back it up. Now, I like these people, and they're in my book. I'm okay. only giving you this. Who has a claim yeah. in this, okay? All right, so right. now, I, I'm at one of the meetings in Tennessee. I happen to be sitting in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the room you know, where everybody mm-hmm. gets together, kind of relaxing. And I, I mentioned, does anybody have uh, know about the Zendel estate? Well, the guy next to me, Jay Hess said he donated his German and English library to her, and the names are stamped in there. Oh, that's great, because so the he, FDA said that. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so he he has, he. but I said to him, I said, do you want to go there? It was only about two hours away. Do you want to go there? And the one thing that Joe Foster said to scare me away, Joe Foster now is the one that was taking her back and forth to Mexico. He said that... Um, uh, he said that Rudy told him he has a gun on him at all times. Don't go near the place. That Ukrainian man okay. has a gun, does not like Ernst, probably hates us. So mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why okay. I didn't want to go. Okay. So, all right. All right, so Jay has. Yeah, because we had, uh, we had a. With her. We had a trailer all planned. I think the, we, we had $20,000 ready to pay Rudy. Mm-hmm. For the the David you know, Westerlin was going to yeah, donate yeah. it, yeah, yeah, for the primary documents, but uh, Rudy wouldn't cooperate, you know. So, so right. what, what has happened to all those documents, Barbie? Well, uh, what happened well, to them? Well, there's, there's there's still a few more. Hold on, okay. Jim Schneider from the Council of Conservative Citizens. I gave a speech over there in Washington D.C. He came up to me at the end and he gave me a donation, which I thought was really nice. And he said, I have a wonderful Ukrainian wife and children. And I went, another top person? And, I mean, there's so few of us. I mean, come on. Yeah, they all marry Ukrainian I, women. Okay. All right, now, now, listen. Okay. You know, Jared, Taylor is married, Jared Taylor is married to a Jewish woman. And 40% of the money that he gets is Jewish. How mm. did she get him? Now, from what I understand, is she Michael a Ukrainian Walsh, Jewish from, woman? Is there is there like a nest or a breeding uh, facility in Ukraine where they they send Ukrainian women oh. to America to uh, let's say yes. smother smother yes. white nationalists? <laughs> yeah, I'm just speculating here. 
Michael Walsh, the English writer, is married to a Ukrainian woman. Also. Ruth Lakey, the attorney, is married to a yellow Chinese woman. So okay. So agree with us on the Holocaust, but don't talk race. Okay? Right. Okay. And so uh, now, gotcha. So, so I, what I don't understand is how how they got all of these. And not only that, it's a little okay. bit deeper. I lived in a senior citizen park in Las Vegas, okay? And, and, it was, and I say I, I, I knew just well, different okay. men to say hello or their wives or whatever. Of all nine of them that were retired and single, after their wives died, immediately there was a Vietnamese girl married, mm-hmm. uh, um, a Filipino girl, a black woman, every single one of them was with a different race they're, because they're right. getting their homes, they're getting their insurance money, they're giving, and once they get the, once they, and they, the men told me that. Oh, I bet the Jews are setting the, that up. The, you know, the same thing happened to Bo Greitz. Bo Greitz uh, was married to uh, a Vietnamese woman, as I recall. Uh, somebody correct me if I'm wrong about that. But yeah, I mean, uh, somehow uh, there's got, uh, there may be an operation <laughs> <laughs> is to uh, marry off these white patriots to foreign women, non-white women. Yes. There uh, could be Ukraine, a deliberate... Like I say, the Ukrainian uh, you know, and the Jewish women, especially. Yeah. I mean, can you can you think of any of our... Well, you, that's why I say your wife wasn't. No. And that's how come, you know, no. that it really makes you special. But you look around at all of them. I mean, and it's... Oh, oh, listen to this one. Joe Cortina. Uh, he wrote uh, John eight forty four with three yeah. volumes of it. IBM executive that went to actually right. was in Palestine and right. Israel. Turned turned against now, the Jews. I think he's big time. Yeah, I think he's his. I think he's Hispanic, and I don't. And I, I he's not related to any of you people. He is no. totally into like his his own little. No, he's a he's a great guy. He's a, he's exposed the crimes of yes. the Israelis time and time again. Yeah, uh, super patriot, great guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a Ukrainian woman. Got him. He's in Florida. <laughs> yeah. He knows none of you. Uh, no, he, he doesn't. Runs. No, no. He's but, got him. Yeah, but it doesn't okay, matter. Uh, okay, it doesn't matter who who he knows and who he doesn't know in a patriotic movement. Uh, you know, but what you're suggesting is that there is pro- uh, some kind of plan uh, to uh, get these white patriots married off to either these Ukrainian women or to non-white women in general, yes. and there may be a a, a, a systematic uh, uh, you know program to do that. Now I can tell you Without this much. Okay, all right, uh, because the guy who ran Elohim City in Oklahoma, which is a Christian identity compound. Uh, which uh, Timothy McVeigh uh, invaded a couple times. He went there and try, start, started talking about blowing up buildings, and so they kicked him out. They kicked him out twice mm-hmm. when he started talking about mm-hmm. do, performing violent acts. Well, uh, uh, an FBI woman uh, went there and married the leader of the of the compound and had two children by him, all the while she was nothing but an FBI spy. Oh right, like gosh. like a Matahari. Look at what we're dealing with. Yeah, fusion, all this. Stuff. It's crazy. We don't know. That's the thing. It isn't yeah. me being evil. That's telling you these things. It's that they were hidden. Well, you may have yeah. Together. You may have uncovered something here, but I wouldn't doubt such an operation at all. I mean, uh, th- this is, uh, folks, this is the way the Jews like to toy with us, right? 
And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and it just reminds me of, uh, Frank Gifford of the New York Giants, who was a broadcaster on national television after his football career ended. He would announce football games on national television. Well, I forget who mm-hmm. it was. One of the three big networks hired a call girl to, uh, to seduce him while he was on the road doing a bro- football broadcast. A, a, a national network hired a call girl to, to seduce him, right? Uh-huh. So, folks, this happens yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. This is not out of the question, right? And, of course, we know they, the they, Jews. You know what they do yeah. is to stir up trouble. And to of course they do. When we're, when we're, we can't think and be calm. It's like after World War I when it started. Here's what the Jews do. It starts all of a sudden, and then for the rest of the war, we're like, oh, we're running around in circles. We don't know what to do. We okay. have no way to cope with the mechanism. They are sure. calm. They are mathematical, like in a chess game. That's right. And we really... Like a bloodthirsty scientist. Calm and happy. <laughs> right, yep. right. Like a bloodthirsty yep. scientist, you know, or, or like a, yes. a serial killer, uh, you know, behaving very calm before his prey, yes. before he thrusts a knife in her back, right? This is type of personality oh. we're dealing with. I, I have a picture like that in my book of, oh, yeah. a, of a woman, <laughs> okay. and the woman is dead, and the man has um, has yeah. a Jewish guy has a dagger to. I have right. several of, of yeah. Uh, of the, I wonder of, if of, Ted Bundy was from Jewish. The Sooner magazine of, of yeah. what the Jews did to the women. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, yeah. know what, you know what I have from a Polish in Der Sturmer? I have a picture, and this is probably terrible, and but it's 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 just life. Okay. In, yes. in Der Sturmer, there was a picture. There was a woman, and she was she was lying on the ground. She didn't have clothes on. There were three Jews around her, and they had her tied up, uh. and they slit her wrists and were sucking her blood. Okay. And this yeah. Is, yes. Yes. I have that in yeah. my book, and I and it was in one of the libraries, not this one, but another one. I won't oh, even man. tell you the yeah. other one because all this stuff will be gone. From my list, but right. yes, this is this is this yeah. is what they're up to, and and even if they didn't did it physically, they have sucked our white blood for one thousand years. They got here in nineteen forty five, even though the Republicans had a ban on the Jews. That's in right, twenty four, and there was a ban on non whites in the early right. years of the twentieth century. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the Jews are res- yeah. The, yeah, the Jews are responsible for changing all of those laws, right? What's they snuck in? Oh, and here? one more thing. Yeah. One more thing. Okay. Uh, David Cole. David Cole, who was once a Holocaust revisionist. Yeah. And he isn't anymore. He was a turncoat on them. He has it in his book that he killed his father, Dr. Leon Cole, killed Elvis Presley. Really? And now this Jew is, is showing up at all these white meetings and stuff. And I yes. don't want to happen to the white uh, people. Uh, just like just like the Jews did to the others, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like well, Elvis, the Holocaust people. Yeah, Elvis was definitely Elvis, being drugged. Elvis was being drugged. No, There's no doubt about that. Doctor Leon Cole, Doctor Leon Cole was uh, administering acupuncture. Well, you know, acupuncture is just a needle, and you put it on a really sensitive spot. I mean, it's it's just right. you know, got to be perfect. There's yeah, meridians. A needle. His right. doctor was taking a needle. Filled with Demerol. Oh. He's putting it on those spots. Oh. And oh. he starts swelling and swelling and his heart burst. And Priscilla says in a movie, because I read 16 books about him, very religious, and he fought communism for 10 years, right? In fact, mm-hmm. watch the movie Elvis Meets Nixon. 
1997 oh. version, and you'll see it's funny, but it's not funny. It, it's, yeah. Uh, it's very right. serious. About yeah, the two of them together, well, yeah, I I, it's, it. a, it's a funny picture. <laughs> it's hard to picture those two together, right? They seem to come from right, totally exactly. different worlds, right? But, but, but yeah, but, they were both anti-communists. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, Priscilla said when Elvis's hand was there and you would press down on it, on his hand, because it looked so fat, it was air. It wow. was, there, was no, there was nothing there. It was air. He died from those shots. Uh-huh. Okay. Shots. Right. So Very that's interesting. Another big one I wanted to leave you with. Yeah, yeah, Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, Merry Christmas, Barbara. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, this has uh, been a very uh, entertaining and revealing interview, Barbara. So thanks for uh, letting us know about all these things. I'm just so sad that we really could not uh, get our hands on all of those fantastic documents that were left behind by Ernst Sindel. I don't know who has them now. I guess Rudy still controls the entire estate. I I imagine he does. And, uh, but he, he turned down, apparently he turned down an offer of $20,000 to, uh, you know, I I don't know. Here's what, here's what it is, Eli. Nobody got through to him. I tried several times, uh, telephone calls, emails. I looked, I found him in peoplesearch.com. I, uh, I found his wife, all their phone numbers and everything, but, um, uh, whoever contacted him, nobody has actually gone there. Nobody had well, the Bernie, Bernie yeah, well, so but Bernie, Tennessee was more than glad right. to give me their, her will. But Bernie had gone there many times. He told me that. He had gone I there know, many times, I and know. he knew Rudy. But he said the last time he went there, Rudy was very standoffish. I can't remember if he said that Rudy pulled a gun on him. I don't want to you know, be held to that oh. statement. But uh, somehow yeah. their their relationship had really turned sour and uh, but nevertheless, you know, I was willing to intervene to get those documents, but uh, but I guess Rudy just didn't want to deal with it anymore. Uh, Nobody so. would respond. I even, yeah, even he wouldn't respond. That's if right. He thinks he yeah. Th- those yeah. documents are valuable. They may have the oh, yeah. trial in there for seven years. They have yeah. they have the books. There's uh, all kind. Not only yeah. that, even when we get them. Where are we going to put them? We might be able to put them sure. in the Kansas Library, University right, of Kansas there you go. Library. <laughs> right. And then, guess what? This is why I've been trying to tell people. Nobody listens to me. Once we get them in the Kansas University of Kansas Library, you can find them on the Internet like I just right. told yeah, you about good. Bernie Davis yeah. stuff. Well, what, what is available? And, and Who knows? They're, they're far, they're far yeah. right. That Kenneth Spencer Library is far right. So this is yeah. an urgent matter of life and death for not not me or you, right? Right. For the well, white people. Sure. And for Christianity, sure. for Yahweh, for God Almighty. Yeah, the the, the way that Ernst Sindel was treated by the Canadian court, the, the American uh, system of injustice and the German system, I mean, it's really appalling. I mean, they put mm-hmm. that man through hell. And we, we want to document that. We want all the records. That's why we're seeking that. And then we had a, a group from White Lives Matter here in Illinois. We're ready to come out mm-hmm. and, and assist with the yes, bagging and did. loading the stuff on a, on a truck, you know. And, uh, you know, we were yep, going to. had it all arranged. Yeah, we had it all arranged. And, uh, you know, we just could not get the deal done. Uh, just couldn't get it done. So I, I think what uh, I probably, know, probably I Barb. Know, I didn't know, Eli. We were dealing with Ukrainians. Okay. I, until I put this whole picture together, right. I just pictured that was her son. He's nice, like right. well, you know how you think, but then you see this whole Ukrainian trail, and you go, yeah. "Wait a minute, 
they're working with the Jews. We know the head of the Ukraine, at least a yeah, couple years it, ago, both Jews, yeah. both two million Ukrainians, they pushed into into Poland to out to inter, interbreed right. and take over their jobs and replace them. Yeah, and there's no there doubt that the ADL people anymore. It's the, gone. The ADL did not want those the documents made public. There's no doubt about that. You know, so I don't know if they have a uh, something hanging over Rudy's head. I don't know. But, uh, you know, the ADL does not want uh, that, to, you know, just because they did the same thing with Pastor Butler in Idaho. Uh, they mm-hmm. All those documents disappeared and went into the hands of the Jews. Okay. Uh, yeah. the, his oh, entire, wow. you know, his mailing list. Although uh, I know personally. But did they, they destroy them. Oh, well, yeah. They, they destroyed destroy Pastor the Butler, documents. too. Yeah. Did you know that Jews own. So much of these used bookstores. Oh, really? (laughs) I don't doubt that. Yeah, the only reason they do it is because when a book comes along, like say Telemachus Thomas Timayen, it's the first American Semite. You could find two or four of his books out. And what they do is they they not only destroy the book in eighteen eighty-eight, but the printing press. Did you know that during World War II, the Jews melted certain book printing presses that had books they didn't want? Yeah. They melted yeah. the printing presses. Yeah, and they said right. they need it for steel. Yeah, said, right. Oh, yeah. No. To, turn, to, to produce knives to stab people in the back, right? And one, one thing, one more uh, quick note here. Uh, Art Jones yeah. told me, because he, he ran for mayor of uh, Milwaukee while he was living up there mm-hmm. when he was head of the National Socialist White People's Party. And he almost won. He almost he, he he had a really good turnout in his favor in Milwaukee, and he found out that the biggest porn shop in Milwaukee was owned by the Jewish Theological Seminary of New York. <laughs> right? Theological. Yeah. Right. Right. The biggest the porn shop. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, well Jesus. Jesus sure knew them back in time. He, he, he sure did. Boy, did he know? Did you know that the Jews? Started the pit when, when we invented a pictograph machine, a white person, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know for cartoons or whatever, right. Jews stole it for pornography. Of when course. we invented Nickelodeon, yeah. the Jews stole it for pornography. When when the Jew when we invented the movie machine, the Jews stole yeah, it. Yeah, Edison. Yeah, Edison invented that, and uh, they stole mm-hmm. it, and they went to California because the California did not did not honor extradition from New Jersey. Right. So, uh, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. the Jews stole Edison's uh, invention and turned it into Hollywood. That's what they that did. That was ni- 1927. And by 1928, yeah. they created what's called the Hollywood dream. Right. Our people right, right now, and they did it deliberately through movies. Sure, and of course they, they had, did. They had movies, uh, new, yes. uh, radio, they had television, they had the newspapers, they had the churches, the government. They had all this stuff, okay? Yeah, yeah. So what they did was in 1928, they created America, an American dream, it's called, and our people think they're happy. Right. They're enslaved. Yeah, of course. No, I mean, they well, really, they, they, they believe, and they'll fight you that yeah. they're happy. Right. And, well, and uh, if, if genocide and suicide, we'll get back to his suicide. Yeah, Did no, he really commits. I mean, he probably took his life, but he was driven to it, like my husband. Well, if anything, he, he was could yeah. not stand it anymore. I know he was very despondent at the state, uh, the low state of the white race. Uh, yeah, it was uh, really weighing on him heavily. The the three times that I had close it dealings was. with him. You're right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Right. Yes, yeah, that's the way it is. Well, may okay. his soul, Bernie, may his soul rest in peace. Amen. Amen. I know he's in a. A white, not a white heaven, because 
Jesus yeah. said the kingdom of heaven is on earth. Right. Jews, I, I remember one time seeing a, a real quick, it was like a minute, because I, I don't watch TV, and I just happened to turn it on, and there were two Jewish women, 99 years old, in a nursing home, and the one said to the other, Oh, Myra, we've had it so good in the United States. We wish we could live another 99 years. And I went, you kite bitch. <laughs> yeah. I said, I have suffered my book. I wept every single word as your slave. I can't even talk about it. You elevate the blacks to kings and queens and all this stuff. And I went, and, I, and, they're, and they want to live another 99 years. And so this yeah. has to turn around. If we yes. keep... If we, if people are evil and we keep condoning it and allow it, a we are just as guilty, and two that's what you're going to breed. And if you breed goodness, you're going to get goodness. Yes. So. Yes. Um, well, yeah, we have to I think positive the thoughts. Time to, to tell right. you about this because mm-hmm. I was I was concerned about Bernie, you know, like yeah. my own husband that passed away and stuff. So. Um, yeah, he was a, he was a anyway. patriot. Yeah, he was a patriot. He was pro-white. Uh, the only thing he he wasn't was identity, but uh, he was he he spent his whole life trying to wake up the white race, right? And then he was a hard he, he was a work yeah. ethic guy. He was a hard worker. You know, he was an exemplary white citizen, is what he was. Okay. All right, Barbara. Yeah. Yes. Thanks. Thanks for the story. Okay. We got the scoop here on Hero Folk Radio, folks. A little more than I wanted to know, but nevertheless, <laughs> it was very entertaining. All right, Barbara. It's the whole truth and nothing but yeah. the truth about me, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and I know I you wouldn't you lie. Merry all right. Christmas. All right. Merry Christmas. All right, Barbara. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. All right, folks. That's part one of our show today. And, uh, we're going to take a real quick break here, and uh, let me see if I can find the appropriate music here uh, for for a break. If I can't find it, we'll just uh, uh, continue, and uh, let's see what this is. And uh, hopefully, if everything's working right, which it wasn't working right this morning for Genesis to Revelation, this ought to be an appropriate uh, audio here, because I've been working with two different computers and uh, they don't have the same information uh, that they're supposed to have. And, of course, it's not working. Even though I've got the track highlighted, the play button won't work. Okay, so I'll just continue. It's uh, 8.15 Central Time. And uh, the story that I had prepared is, yeah, Barbara, great job. Uh, thanks for uh, that compelling story. <laughs> okay. Uh, I had a hopper of, of Eurofolk Radio. Uh, Barbara, Barbara Novak, thank you for your, uh, for your testimony here. Okay, so we're, we're going to uh, do a story here about COVID because uh, I want to keep people uh, you know, up to date on the COVID fiasco, the global COVID fiasco. And I will post the uh, link here in the chat room so people can follow along. And it's about scientists and how they, uh, how this whole scenario is going with mRNA. Okay. And uh, I think we were probably, I don't know, probably the only radio network to really seriously talk about mRNA and the synthetic DNA, the synthetic mRNA that scientists have created to replace our natural DNA 
And this is contained in the Gates jab, all versions of it, whether it's Pfizer, uh, Moderna, or what have you, Johnson & Johnson, they contain synthetic RNA. And it's designed to take the place of your natural DNA. So the whole purpose behind this is to, along with graphene oxide, to make you a magnetic, an electromagnetic robot-type walking zombie that's, that's taking and sending messages from the Internet of Things, the 5G Internet. So I don't even know if they need to... Excuse me, if they even need to fire up 5G to control people because the the people who are taking the jabs are already so mind-controlled. They think the medical establishment is God, that they uh, will submit to virtually any suggestion, whether uh, uh, given through some electromagnetic pulse into their DNA. And by the way, uh, scientists, especially quantum scientists, have, have figured out, have found out that our DNA is a transceiver of information from the ether to and from the ether, what you would call heaven, okay? Uh, uh, this is an established fact now that your DNA is a transceiver, and quantum studies have shown, like, for example, that uh, because DNA, the uh, identical twins have virtually identical DNA. It's not 100% identical, but it's very, very close. That identical twins can read each other's minds and feel each other's pain half a, half a globe away. And uh, studies have shown that uh, if one uh, twin is in, uh, let's say, Tokyo and the other is London, and one of the two twins uh, bumps her shin on a coffee table. The other one feels it half half a con- uh, half a planet away. Uh, this uh, trans uh, this is faster than the speed of light, folks. Okay, because heaven does is not limited to time, and uh, they're trying to destroy our connection to our Creator Yahweh. That's what they're trying to do. Jesus told us that it shall be as in the days of uh, of Noah when they were. They're trying to change our genetics purely by race mixing. The fallen ones mated with white women to try to destroy our DNA. And that's the same thing is going on today. So let me read this title again. Scientists merged robots with embryonic cells to make living robots that can reproduce on their own. And remember, we talked a, a while back, maybe six months ago, about how graphene oxide is being used to form an antenna array inside your body. Okay? So they're continuing to experiment, and they're, they're trying to produce. And now, if your RNA and your DNA can assemble, reassemble itself with the material that's floating around it, then if you inject uh, silicon-based material and there is nothing else for the for the DNA to reassemble with, then they will take what's available. And they've figured out how to do that. So let's let's go with this article. Where where is the technology at right now? Scientists at the University of Vermont, Tufts University, and Harvard 
have revealed that the first ever artificial intelligence designed living robots, Xenobots they're called, X-E-N-O-B-O-T-S, uh, maybe they're, <laughs> they come from Ukraine, <laughs> that can reproduce themselves in an entirely new process of biological propagation. I think it's not entirely new. I think it's what I just tried to describe before reading, that the silicon-based uh, entities that they have created will take the place of, well, carbon. But graphene oxide is carbon. And uh, these uh, uh, these entities that they're creating are not living entities, but they're combining this carbon and silicon-based material with living uh, with living biological matter called DNA to create these xenobots. Let me read this again. It's just the latter half of the sentence. Xenobots that can reproduce themselves in an entirely new process of biological propagation. I'm sure it imitates the uh, existing biological propagation. Continuing, in 2020, xenobots were created from embryonic cells of the African clawed frog, Xenopus lavis. And with the aid of artificial intelligence, the tiny computer-designed organisms can travel, gather cells, loose stem cells, and assemble their own xenobots inside themselves. So in other words, they have injected little robots that can reproduce themselves given the material floating around in the body of the subject or the victim. Do you recall the uh, Star Trek series where <laughs> Captain, oh, I forget which, uh, uh, not Kirk, the, the, the second captain, uh, they had the Borg to contend with. The Borg were half human, half machine. But this is way more sophisticated than you know, attaching you know, robotic parts to a living human being. They're doing this in the embryonic stage, folks. They're doing this in the embryonic stage. The new xenobots look and behave just like their parent and can also replicate themselves ad infinitum. The scientists are already like like cockroaches, right? The scientists are already scheming to use the organisms in the lucrative field, very lucrative field, of medicine and vaccines, never mind the risks. Very well stated. Scientists in the U.S. have revealed that the first ever AI, AI means artificial intelligence, designed living robots, xenobots, can now self-replicate. It's a wonderful discovery. So what are its potential benefits and risks? I don't think there's any benefits, folks. It's only risks. The team of scientists at the University of Vermont, Tufts University, and Harvard University have created living robots that can reproduce themselves in an entirely new process of biological propagation. They have recently published the results of their research in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Okay, so you can look this up. We're not making this up, folks. They first successfully created xenobots in 2020 from embryonic cells of the African clawed frog. But with the aid of artificial antennas, the scientists have recently discovered that these tiny computer-designed organisms can travel, gather cells, 
Lose, uh, this is uh, way beyond science fiction, folks. I don't think any science fiction author has ever dreamt up. Uh, maybe uh, what was that one uh, movie about uh, 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 bacteria eating plastic and, and starting to eat up the whole world? Right? I forget what movie that science fiction movie that was, but uh, that's probably the closest thing to this, where tiny organisms. So, gain control of the entire planet. Now, now whether or not these xenobots can do this on their own without programming from the INET, from the Internet of Things, or from 5G, that is another question. We'll see if the article gets into that, or whether these propagate on their own and can turn into something that these scientists never imagined, like chimerical parasites, worms, cockroaches, spiders running around inside your veins. What next, folks? What next? Okay. After a gestation period of a few days within their mouths... The new xenobots look and behave just like their parents and can also replicate themselves ad infinitum. The team was amazed when they saw the AI-designed biobots were capable of simple tasks, but they were positively shocked to see they soon found a way to spontaneously reproduce. So it sounds like they unintentionally created... A Xenobot, part human, part machine. Amazing stuff, folks. Amazing stuff. How far can this go? What kind of chimerical creatures are going to be spontaneously forming when you combine silicon-based technology with carbon-based biology? What in the world is going to come of all of this? It would seem that the genome, once freed from the natural design to become a frog, seeks a proactive way, new way to flourish. A plasticity of routes to survival appears to be coded in the essence of cells themselves, including, according to the team, a collective intelligence. Oh, no, it's the Borg. At a microscopic level, a lead author of the study, Sam Kriegman, Ph.D., spoke of the profundity of the project, quote, no animal or plant known to science replicates in this way, unquote. Uh, Dr. Frankenstein, (laughs) I presume? The project required the assistance of an AI program at UVM's Vermont Advanced Computing Corps, This AI tested billions of body shapes in simulation with an evolutionary algorithm in an effort to find a shape that allowed the cells to be more effective at what they call kinematic replication, which has only previously been observed at the molecular level and never before at the cellular level. The AI settled on a final shape which apparently resembles the Pac-Man video game, (laughs) right? So, they have created a little Pac-Man that gobbles up your body. 
And here is a photograph of it. I clicked on the related art. I don't know if it was at the top of the page. I can't remember. But the thing does look like a little C-shaped Pac-Man that gobbles up who knows what. It's a red C-shaped cluster of what? Synthetic biological entity. Okay. Quote, People have thought for quite a long time that we've worked out all the ways that life can reproduce or replicate. But this is something that's never been observed before. Douglas Blackston, PhD, senior scientist at Tufts University. Okay, they are messing with our biology, folks. They are messing with our DNA. How long can this go on? How long does can okay? All right, so this is the key to what appears to be the greater breakthrough of this experiment: the apparent variance of possibly within variance of possibility within simple single cells. They will adopt patterns which follow the behavior of more complex organisms, with some simple tweaking in this case by instructing the cells to adopt a Pac-Man mouth. Okay, so this was directed from the outside. The Pac-Man shape has been directed from the outside. Suddenly, they are reproducing. (laughs) This revelation has significant application to biology, evolution, chemistry, engineering, computer science, and war. Way more. How about life itself on planet Earth? What kind of monster will come out of this? To quote Jurassic Park, quote, life finds a way, unquote, or as is more aptly quoted in the study itself, life harbors surprising behaviors just below the surface, waiting to be uncovered, unquote. As far as I'm concerned, these scientists have gone far enough. The possibilities of variation or the complexity of abilities, which is programmable, would then seem to be a vast and uncanny new landscape. Huh. We don't even know what's alive under the oceans or in outer space. Uh, Scientists really don't know much, but they know how to manipulate stuff. Bongard says to this effect, quote, we've discovered that there is this previously unknown space within organisms or living systems, and it's a vast space. So what else could a xenobot do with a simple alteration? What are the applications for us humans? As usual, it is a double-edged sword. The potential positives are significant, but it carries both great promise and great risk. A horrible risk, folks. However, the team is hopeful. Well, yeah, Edward Jenner was hopeful about vaccinations. Look what that's turned into. Bongard believes that pandemics or ecosystem damage constitute a more worrisome risk than their discovery. Yeah, they can do far more damage. It's much easier to destroy something that works than to build something that works. And here, they've discovered something that works totally by accident. Not meaning to. He had this to say in reference to the COVID vaccine response, quote, This is an ideal system in which to study self-replicating systems. 
We have a moral imperative to understand the conditions under which we can control it, direct it, douse it, exaggerate it, but use it on people? Really? Is there any way you could possibly know what you're doing? The speed at which we can produce solutions matters deeply. If we can develop technologies learning from xenobots, where we can quickly tell the AI, quote, we need a biological tool that does X and Y and suppresses Z, that could be very beneficial. Today, that takes an exceedingly long time. Yeah, they, they want to manipulate us more quickly than ever. He goes on to suggest other applications, quote, deploy, well, this is very vague talk, deploying living machines to pull microplastics out of waterways or build new medicines. Well, if it can be used, I mean, there have been biological ways of cleaning up waste. I think they use that technique to clean up oil spills. And uh, the the entities either die off after they've cleaned up the oil spill or they're gobbled up by other, you know, by fish or what have you. But this is something entirely different where <laughs> it replicates itself. We need to create technological solutions that grow at the same rate as the challenges we face. Yeah, they, they want to, well, they can create the challenges too and pretend that they're natural challenges, right? Isn't that what they do in politics? While it is worrisome to think that humanity and nature are engaged in a problem-solution arms race, it does seem the research could have implications for regenerative medicine. If only they would keep it to that. If by this process we can tell cells how to behave, then it may be possible to influence birth defects, traumatic injury, cancer, and aging. Well, let me just go on record right here and now. The vast majority of diseases are not caused by bacteria or viruses or any uh, organisms. The vast majority of diseases are caused by poison. We poison ourselves with the junk food we eat, but the not just junk food, but synthetic food. <laughs> We're talking about synthetic organisms. Synthetic food, glop, that's packaged and put in a box or a wrapper or a can and sold as if it were real food, which is poisoning us, not to mention the, the known poisons that they're serving us with the uh, you know, additives and foods as so-called preservatives and flavor enhancers, which are also poisoning us, poisoning us. We don't need these doctors and scientists to solve the problems they've created. Stop creating the problems. Allopathic medicine is the problem. Yet again, the risk is implied. If you wish to seed the ocean with a self-replicating tool to clean up microplastics, what's the name of that book? That's the book that I was talking about. The, 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 the microorganism that eats plastic and takes over the world and destroys everything by not just the garbage plastic floating in the ocean, but the plastic on your artificial limb, right? This is, this is a parody of science, folks. This is absolutely crazy what these scientists 
are doing. And apparently none of these scientists have any compunction, moral compunction about, are we playing God? Are we changing human beings without their consent? Yes, they are. And I can tell you right now that cancer is caused by poison. Poison floating, especially sugar, cancer, diabetes, uh, candida. The vast majority of these chronic diseases are caused by ingesting too much sugar and other synthetic poisons. Stop feeding the cancer. Stop eating sugar. That's the first step you can take. What what causes birth defects? Poisons. Either ingested or injected into you, one or the other. And there's various ways. And they can go through the pores of your skin, absorbed by it, breathe in, etc., etc., etc. We're living now in a chemical soup environment which is guaranteed to make you sick. And the medical establishment does not take responsibility for this chemical soup. But they have the the cure, or no, 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 no cures. They have the treatment. And are we getting the treatment or what? Can you really ever be 100% sure there will be no unpredictable adverse effect? No, you cannot. You can be 100% sure that something will go wrong. Murphy's Law. The introduction of solution organisms has been tried in the past, often having the disastrous effect of the solution being worse than the problem it was intended to fix. Yeah, this is going to be far worse than the problem that we have already. Regardless, what this really means to us is that we have a potential new technology, a biological tool or weapon. He hasn't used that terminology in this article. It's a bioweapon, folks. That's how it's going to be used, knowing that these mad scientists and Israeli military people are the ones behind all of this stuff. It's going to be used as a bioweapon. You can be guaranteed of that. But he uses the term biological tool. I guess he doesn't want to alarm his readers, which can be fashioned to a specific task, you know, like killing the patient, slicing you up with their microbots, nanobots. They can do that, folks. He says, personally, I do find the prospect exciting. Oh, let's see what else we can ruin in the world. Now, we've ruined everything else. Now, let's ruin the biology of human beings and other animals as well. You think they're going to stop with human beings? They're going to create chimeras out of literally everything. Just as in the days of Noah... And in the days when the Israelites went into Canaan land and found giants and hybrid grapes, clusters of grapes that were so big that two men had to carry them, 
on a stick. It's all happening again, hopefully for the very last time. Fortunately, the Bible says, one more time and it's over. Their iniquity will be complete very soon. But the fact that this author, realizing that there's potential danger here, is in this technological, technopositivism, put it that way. Technopositivism. No, nothing serious can really go wrong. You know, technology has saved the world, hasn't it? It has. The bomb? Vaccines? Chemicals? Petroleum? Has that saved the world? Or polluted the world? Oh, no, just sweep that stuff under the rug. No, 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 nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see here. So he finds all of this exciting. As I am normally one to brashly advocate for mad scientist experimentation, <laughs> so he fully admits it, I am still waiting for geneticists to bring back the woolly mammoth or the tra- Tasmanian tiger. I guess he's being tongue-in-cheek here. However, As a science fiction fan, I am aware of the flip side, the problematic possibility of self-improving or self-creating autonomous machines, self-replicating. Miracle solutions occur very rarely as nature prefers to bargain. There's no substitute for the human immune system, folks. There is no substitute for it. The medical profession has not produced anything of value with vaccines. And with every stage of evolution, there are new problems and new advantages. Now, now they have produced wondrous things in terms of operations. They can keep people alive. They can cut the heart out of a person, uh, repair it, and put it back in. And they've even done heart transplants and liver transplants, and you you name it. And it's amazing that they can do these things and the, and the person actually survives the experience. So there's all kinds of things that science and medicine have done that have been positive. But you know as well as I do that the people who finance all of this research aren't the goody-two-shoes types that this guy is. Absolutely not. And as he says, miracle solutions occur very rarely, almost never. There are a series of hopes that the team have associated with this discovery. Whether those designs strike the reader with hope or horror depends on the individual. No, you can be assured that the horrific part will happen. You can be assured of that, Mr. Brendan Hurd. And regardless, it is a wonderful insight into the mechanics of creation. Okay, well, let's just regard all the ba- all the uh, bad stuff, all the potential horror that this can lead to. Uh, of course, he's uh, touting the industry. Okay, so we have about fifteen minutes left. I think uh, I'll, I'll read some of these uh, comments here to see whether anybody else reading this article, there's 187 of them here, I won't read them all. Uh, I'll go to another subject. Okay, so first comment here. It all depends on what Dr. Fauci and the du- 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 
Du Bois, Du Bois, uh, he made up a word here. He spells it D-U-B-I-O-J-S, Du Bios, I think it's a cut at the Jews. Chums at Pfizer want to throw at us to bolster their super profit-making boom. Skynet will go live on January 1st, 2029. So we have some time to shoot those uh, satellites down. Next comment. Microplastic cleaners? Question mark. Are you serious? How about limiting or even stopping plastic consumption in general? <laughs> right? So, Soylent Green, I think that was the name of the uh, art, uh, novel about uh, something that consumes plastic and uh, eats up the world. <laughs> right? Usually it's big, bad monsters, right? No, but these are microscopic monsters. Sometimes I feel like I'm watching a movie, Dumb and Dumber, while reading stuff like this. Besides, this will sooner or later be used as a bioweapon or as another quote-unquote virus. Viruses, after all, can be used as a type of bio-robot. Alpha robot, delta robot, <laughs> Omicron robot, there you go. It's all the same SH uh, asterisk to me. And the purpose behind this is making lots and lots and lots of money. Again, I'm pretty sure Fauci has big plans. Well, there's more than money involved here. It's total control of you and me. I think that uh, this the next comment, that he is still around, is one of the biggest mysteries for me. I think he's talking about Dr. Fauci. It means reproduction job will also be outsourced to them soon. And we will watch and multiply. Yeah, folks, this is serious. This is Twilight Zone stuff. <laughs> it, it means that Russia will suck small or rabbinical penis for the rest of its life. Called it here, you need to know. No, you need to know. No other news source. Yes, it's the Jews, stupid. In a roundabout way. First ever AI-designed living robots, Xenobots, can now self-replicate. Doesn't really go well with they first successfully created Xenobots in 2020 from embryonic cells of the African clawed frog. It's irrational conclusion because it's them tampering clawed frog living cells, not the AI, and also living cells are not robots. So why so many lies and deceptions? Very good point. Thank you, Alex couple more here. Black Widow. Haven't there been enough sci-fi movies about what could happen with self-replicating nanobots? <laughs> no, that, those movies should be a warning, shouldn't they? The conservative woman says, they'll soon turn humans into robots and GMO zombies, then patent them all. They've already done it. It's called COVID, folks. Apophis says, go get your COVID-19 shots, waiting to see the end results. And Michael is the last one I'll read. Resistance is futile. All will be assimilated. No, folks. This is not a science fiction movie. This is reality. This is reality. So, since I have named the Jew, 
as the true monster behind all these other monsters, let's uh, talk a little bit about them. We have about uh, 10 minutes left. And here's the, uh, uh, the website I'll be quoting from. Unique Design Disaster. And it starts out with this quote from Henry, or not Henry Ford, David Rockefeller. No, even I got that wrong. John Rockefeller, John D. Rockefeller. What does the D stand for? Delano? <laughs> As in federal dictated federal Franklin Delano Roosevelt? Anyway, and the Delanos are Jews, of course. I always try to turn every disaster into an opportunity. Not only that, he created the disasters that he turned into opportunities. John D. Rockefeller develops alopecia and loses all body hair. Okay, well, I guess that's some kind of disease I never heard of. Quote, they suffer plundering, wantonness, cruelty, not from an army, not from a barbarian horde on account of whom they must shed their blood and sacrifice their lives, but from a single man, not from a Hercules nor from a Samson, but from a single little man. Yeah, that stinking little Jew. Etienne de la Boite, the discourse of voluntary servitude. That sounds like a really good book. Because that's what people are doing, voluntarily lining up to get jabbed with these nanobots. From Naomi Klein, Disaster Capitalism, Getting Rich Off the ISIS War, The Crises of Capitalism, Capitalism Sacrifice Zones, John D. Rockefeller, Standard Oil and World Monopolies. There's all kinds of uh, addendums here. And it starts with a photograph of Dr. William Levingston, Rockefeller Medicine. Quote, two of the best-known business dynasties in Europe and the U.S. will come together after Lord Jacob Rothschild's listed investment trust and Rockefeller Financial Services agreed to form a strategic partnership. Okay. Rothschild's controlling Europe and Rockefeller's controlling America. Canada, the Western sphere, but they're working together. That doesn't mean they don't steal from each other or try to stab each other in the back occasionally. RIT, RIT Capital Partners is to buy a 37% stake in the Rockefeller's Wealth Advisory and Assessment Management Group for an undisclosed sum, giving Lord Rothschild's London-listed trust a much-sought-after foothold in the U.S. I think this is historical information. It's not current. The Transatlantic Union brings together David Rockefeller, 96, and Lord Rothschild, 76, two patriarchs whose personal relationship spans five decades. Okay. Tweedledum and Tweedledee, but man, are they rich. Rockefeller traces its roots back to 1882 when John D. Rockefeller established one of the first family offices dedicating to investing his wealth. It has since developed into a provider of wealth and assessment management, or asset management, rather, services to other families, foundations, and institutions. There are so many of them, you can't name them all. It is majority owned by the 19th century oil magnate's family, 
and has $34 billion of assets under administration, quoted from the Financial Times, May 30, 2012. And we're just talking about the Rockefellers here, folks. The Rothschilds are even richer. The history of the House of Rothschild is of far greater importance for world history than the domestic history of the state of Saxony, and and it is a matter of indifference that it is the history of Ashkenazi, (laughs) right? It's a matter of indifference to everybody except those of us in identity. Christian Matthias and Theodore Mommsen. Again, let me repeat this epic statement here. The history of the House of Rothschild is of far greater importance for world history than the domestic history of the state of Saxony, and it is a matter of indifference that it is the history of Ashkenazi. The blackout on the role of international bankers in political history is Rothschilds are Ashkenazi, but a special kind of Ashkenazi, Apase. Well, they're Jewish. That's all you need to know. They are Jewish. Nobody has a right to be more angry at the Rothschilds than Semitic Jews. Well, it is, it is absolutely true that the Zionists exploited the... Uh, but there are no such things as Semitic Jews. All Jews are mongrels. Warburgs, part of the Rothschild Empire, helped finance Adolf Hitler, Gary Allen. Well, they've financed both sides of every war. All right, they have a picture of uh, Andy's book, Synagogue of Satan. Very good. Thank you. 1760, Meyer Amschel Bauer, the son of Anselm Moses Bauer of Frankfurt, runs a foreign fiat currency exchange as Germany consisted of 350 principalities, each with its own currency. A far worse situation in our 13 colonies. The exchange is located in Judenstrasse, literally a Jew street, in a ghetto in Frankfurt, numbering about 550 families, okay? So it looks like these quotations have been lifted from Andy's book, Synagogue of Satan. The exchange is located on Judenstrasse, literally Jew Street, in a ghetto in Frankfurt, numbering about 550 families. Uh, this is a... Uh, Bitcoin evidence points to the NSA as its original engineer. Hmm. National Security Agency? Very interesting. I won't get into Bitcoin. I know nothing about it. While at the Oppenheimer Bank, Amschel Bauer met Baron von Estorf, an aristocrat close to the landgrave of Hesse Cassel, William IX. William IX, Ernest Cassel, inherited the largest private fortune in Europe derived mainly from the loan of Hessian troops to the British government for putting down the revolution in the U.S. Of course, so we're talking 1776. The British leased 15,000 to 17,000 human Hessian war units each year during the uh, Revolutionary War. Quote, kick up the litter under the oak and you will see that the leaves rot almost as fast as they fall. Under the pines, though, the needles pile up as thick uh, as as a thick doofif decay is much slower. Why? Well, I don't know. Leaves uh, leaves are uh, softer. <laughs> In the Middle Ages, the south slope was preserved as a deer forest by a hunting bishop. The north slope was pastured, plowed, and cut by settlers, just as we do with our woodlots in Wisconsin and Iowa today. 
Only after this period of abuse was the north slope replanted to pines. During this period of abuse, something happened to the microscopic flora and fauna of the soil. The number of species was greatly reduced. The digestive apparatus of the soil lost some of its parts. Yeah, and you can see that uh, a lot of the deserts today have been caused by corporations abusing the land. Two centuries of conservation have not sufficed to restore losses. It required a modern microscope and a century of research of soil science to discover the existence of these small cogs and wheels which determine harmony or disharmony between men and land in the Spessart. Aldo Leopold. Not sure where the Spessart is, some, apparently someplace in Germany. It says it here, the Spessart is a Mittelgebirge part of the German central uplands located in the lower Franconia region of Bavaria and in Hesse, Germany. So, I wonder if those are nanobots, <laughs> right? They're, they're going to monkey with those species as well, I guarantee it. 1782, first Pennsylvania bank founded in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 1784, Massachusetts Bank in Boston is the first federally chartered joint stock-owned bank in the U.S., the second bank to receive a U.S. charter. 1786, Massachusetts Bank finances the first U.S. trade mission to China. 1791, Massachusetts Bank finances the first voyage of an American ship to Argentina, establishing what would become a long-standing presence in Latin America. Massachusetts Bank, later Bank of Boston, now Bank Boston, became the largest foreign bank in several major Latin American cities. Yeah, we've never even talked about, uh, you know, how these bankers control the Latin American culture. I've never done a show about that, but you're guaranteed that they do. 1806, William IX flees to Denmark, leaving 600,000 pounds about three million with Meyer Anselm Bauer for safekeeping when Hasse Kessel is annexed by the Kingdom of Westphalia by Jerome Bonaparte, Napoleon's brother. These funds were designated to go to the mercenaries or their dependents and not to the landgrave as the agreement for hire did not expire when peace was declared, but only one full year after the peace was declared and only when the mercenaries have returned home. So, I think he's talking about the Hessian soldiers, if I'm not mistaken here. Instead of the principal being sent to Cassell, the home of the landgrave, the money is retained in England where it is invested. Interest is paid to the landgrave in draft. So, uh, the Rothschilds use the money to invest and make a profit off of before returning it to the landgrave. They did return it to the landgrave, but not before using the money to make themselves immensely rich. The money transferred to Cassell is used to create high-interest loans. The rest is Rothschild history. I don't think we need to delve into that. We're running out of time anyway. So, folks, thanks for joining me today on Restoration Hour. We did a tribute of sorts to uh, Bernie Davids and uh, George Lincoln Rockwell. And we gave you the latest information on nanobot technology, which is really looking scary, folks. But stay with Yahshua Messiah and our creator, Yahweh. 
and the Holy Spirit to see you through these hard times. They're going to get harder, especially for those who worship the beast, that is the bankers and their pharmacia. Revelation 18.23. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Fight for their vital interests. In this present